Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the What A Ball A podcast with myself, Gary, and, and Gary. Um, Ant isn't joining on this one um, today, so it's just going to be me riding solo. But today I'm joined by um, Miss Natalie Burrell from the Only One United podcast. Also does some work with BBC Northwest and Granada. How are you today? Are you all right? Yeah, I'm doing good. Uh, happy to be on. Just happy to get talking United, isn't it? Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, yeah, we're going to be covering off uh, all things Man United, um, the current state of the club, um, current state of the ownership. Um, we'll just go into all of it as well. Um, so, first and foremost, I mean, where, where do you want to start with this one, Natalie? I mean, a lot's been going on at Man United, not just over the last season, but over the last couple of seasons. Mm, well, it's it's gone back. I mean, you could you could start right when Fergie left and all that kind of stuff and everything that went on and the way Woodward sort of even it's come out recently, isn't it, about how he's kept contracts on and now they're regretting Eric Bay signing and re- regretting all these players that they, that they signed up and you know Jesse Lingard's brothers come out, but the way he's been treated, it's just a mess. It's a mess. I think a lot of these players they should have let go taking the money for them. There was no way they were getting more money than whatever they were offered. You know, I heard, I know a lot of West Ham fans and I've been on a couple of their podcasts and they were saying they were offering like 30 million back then and, and now now he's going for free. So all this signing them up and keeping them on, there was no reason for it. Um, I mean, all, uh, you know, how low can you go before you go back up? <laughs> Hopefully this is the lowest point we're, we're at. You know, there's still two games. Who knows? You know, I'd be be surprised if we get points. If we do, it's fantastic. If we don't, it is what it is. It sort of feels like that now. We're just waiting for the end of the season, waiting to see what Ten Hag does. You know, I know Ralph, you know, I speak to a lot of people, speaking to one guy in work who was sort of like, well, why did we get rid of Ollie? And yes, it was a bad point, but Ollie... You know, it is is one of them where I, I don't know. For me, I think he he had that. He knew what the club was about, and not saying that Ralph doesn't. Not saying that Ralph can't see it. Maybe Ollie should have been harder. Maybe they should have brought someone in alongside Ollie. I don't know, but I'm just frustrated. I suppose, Gary. Uh, like that's that's the most you can say about it. Yeah, I mean, so since Ferguson left, it has kind of 
not I wouldn't I, would I use the words downhill I just don't think it's been on an uphill slope you know we've went through David Moyes Louis van Gaal Jose Marino Ole Gunnar Solskjaer Ralph Raniak and you know Michael Carrick had a mini spell as well I mean for each of those managers just briefly I mean like where did you see it going wrong I mean firstly obviously David Moyes was the the Sir Alex pick so like where yeah. did you see it going wrong for for Moyes because at the moment for West Ham he's doing a great job yeah I mean I think for Moyes where it's like going wrong was they came in and he just ripped the the whole everything out of it um ripped the soul out you know I think there was a lot of players there that um you know he should have like the uh, Mullesty and all that kind of stuff he should have kept them it's the fact that he got rid of them and I get it you need you're a new manager you want to bring in your stuff you want it to be about you I get it but a couple of those he could have kept and I think that's sort of where it started to go wrong but as well I think the club you know they didn't back him you know we saw he wanted Fabregas it didn't happen you know bless me sorry uh, Mata and um, Fellaini ended up coming in those were his only signings and then we're seeing a lot now that you know Tony Cruz and then obviously, where did it go wrong for maybe Louis van Gaal? He didn't act on the signings that were already coming in. He should have accepted all those signings. Um, I think a lot of it is like football structure because those guys weren't used to sort of doing it all themselves. And I feel like maybe mine was a bit, but it took him too long. Louis van Gaal was definitely used to someone giving him signings kind of thing. And I think he did struggle with that. He just... You know, he's even come out now and said it's more about commercial. And, you know, at that time, you could say he was right. You know, we were signing Falcao, Di Maria. Yeah, great. But where was the structure? Where was the vision? There was no vision as part of it. Um, Mourinho, for me, I think Mourinho is still... I mean, I love Dolly, but I think Mourinho is still, the, the, the you know, undoubtedly the best manager. He came in, he won trophies. He, he got us the second. I know he got us the second, but... For me, I think whether we like him or not, there was a structure. He knew what he wanted. He knew the kind of players he wanted. They didn't give him the, the players that he wanted. He knew sort of how he wanted to play. Whether we liked it or not, you know, whether it's too defensive, this and that. Okay, but at least he knew how he wanted to play. And Oli, I don't know. I don't know what went wrong with Oli. I mean, I think maybe he wasn't experienced enough. You know, yeah. But I still would have given. Well, I would have given every manager more time. Um, even David Moyes, I know that might sound ridiculous, but you know, I would have given him more time if he was bringing in people like Tony Cruz. You know, you know, he had he had some kind of sense and, and pull about him. You know, it's Man United, we were still at a top team. Um, you know, so I would have given every manager more time. I think that's where we're at with Man United. It's too instant. We're not doing well, we're not doing well, let's get rid of the manager. Well, we're not doing well, maybe because there's no structure. And I mean, I think if this Ten Hag comes in. He used to give him time. He used to give him two seasons, you know, in my opinion, minimum, um, before anyone thinks about anything about get rid. You know, I just think maybe that's a symptom of modern football or, or you know, our fan base demanding, as we should. But, yeah, we're, we're not, you know, maybe under boys we were there, we could say, yeah, we've got all these players. Now, <laughs> we've not really got anything, you know. So we are starting from the bottom and building up so it does need time it's not going to be done overnight I think it's actually going to be a, not tough but I think it's you know people are thinking we're going to do this we're going to do that no we're not you know I don't think we'll challenge for another three years maybe but I'm okay with that if I see us moving in the right direction if I see us doing the right things which I think he will but you know I think he's going to make mistakes because everyone makes mistakes human you know not all his signings are going to be amazing He's not going to get the best out of every single player. But, again, the players need to look at themselves and think, are you putting in the best? Currently, you're not. So, you know, it is what it is. I think, you know, I've listened to a lot of what Gary Neville said. And I know he might be not be the right one, but they have been pampered. It has been all about the players. You know, even when they put, you know, if when Pogba came in, it didn't work out. That should have been it. It should have been finished, you know. But instead... These people have sort of run our club instead of, like, the manager running it. And, you know, I think we need to go back to, to the way it was, simple times. Um, whether it'll happen under this ownership, well, you know, I'd like to think so. I think, 
you know, a lot of people criticise um, John Murta and their inflection, but I actually think I actually think John Murta. I mean, I watched the women a lot, and I know he did really well there. And um, you know, you know, I think he's doing the best he can do. You know, I do think we hear about the story about the Glazers about how they have to sign off on it, and I think that probably has helped slow us down rather than John Murta making these mistakes. Like I said, everyone's going to make mistakes. It's just in life, but. I do think that they're, they're doing the best that they can do. I don't think, you know, I think they want us at the top. Um, you know, there's some people maybe there that are a bit self-serving. I'm not going to lie. I think we, we've seen it. But I think do think John Murta and, well, Darren Fletcher is, is Man United. So, yeah, they do want the best and, and, and they're trying their best. Um, I know for some it's not good enough, but it is where it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... You're you're right there. Like the, there's been no kind of structure. Man United definitely do do need a rebuild. I think the idea of Ten Hag coming in is, is is that he's going to be the guy. But was David Moyes the guy? Was the pick of Alex Ferguson, or was Jose the guy, or was Jose Filler, Louis Van Gaal, all the same? Um, you know, and obviously the the ownership as well under the Glazers has been very scrutinised, especially as of late in the last year with the whole. European Super League. I mean, as far as Ranić goes, Ranić came with a, a very big reputation um, for what he's done at uh, Red Bull Leipzig. Um, personally, for me, I'm not a big fan of him. Um, I think when I watch my United play, I feel like the football isn't great. In fact, it's probably the worst I've seen it in, in a long time. Bruno Fernandes doesn't seem to be the player he was under Oli. Um and, you know, there's a lot of scrutiny around, you know, Ronaldo as well at the moment. Um, as far as Ranier goes, I mean, do you, do you think he'll take a, an upstairs job or do you think he'll solely focus on Austria once Ten Hag comes in? Um, I think he'll... Well, he says that he's taking an upstairs job and it's a consultant and, you know, a lot of people are making a big deal about it six days a week. But I think it'll be very busy in the summer... And he'll probably take up more of his days then. But then when the season's ongoing, it's not gonna he's not gonna really have anything to do. It's gonna be the manager. The manager's gotta get the best out of those on the pitch. Then maybe around January it'll get busy again. And then that kind of thing. So I think, you know, it's mainly a guy who's probably gonna work three, you know, two or three months for us. And then yeah, he isn't really technically needed the rest of it. So that's when he'll go and do his Austria job. Um in terms of him, yeah, it's been underwhelming. The, 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 you know, like I said before, is he any better than Oli? I don't think so. So when he came in, and it's sort of like that kind of, well, you're gone in a month, mate, and you can see the players sort of think think like that. You know, you're gone by the end of the season anyway, so I don't care, kind of thing. Um, but I just think he did do, you know, like how live sinks are, are they sort of. He knows how football structure should look like. Yeah. And that's all I can say that he's probably going to bring in. And he's going to say, you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong. And it's just, it's embarrassing, but this is where we're at. We don't even know what a football structure looks like because we probably, well, we haven't had one, have really. You know what I mean? So Fergie was basically the structure and then he went and then we've got nothing. Um, so in a way, I do think we do need someone like Ranyet to just sort of say, you're doing that right, you're doing this right, you're doing this right, you're not doing that right. Um like I said, that's all he is, a consultant. You know, consultants come in for a couple of months, leave for a couple of months. So that's potentially why he's getting the, the ostrich job. I mean, a lot of... I also wonder if it's because he's been too critical. You know, he's come in and said a lot of things that maybe they weren't expecting. Um, Sort of like our pundits done it, you know? This is wrong, that's wrong, this player's not doing... You know, and, and maybe they've sort of said well we don't well not we don't want you but yeah go and take that austria they're probably a bit happy in a way yeah, I mean, we'll we'll go on, uh, you know, Ten Hag in, in a little while, um, because he's obviously going to be the future, um, but I just kind of want to like roll it back a little bit to the the academy. So you know, we've got players such as Scott McTominay playing, you know, Marcus Rashford. They all have came through the academy, and Marcus Rashford has done some fantastic work for the community. At the minute, he's getting quite a lot of criticism for his football. Doesn't seem to be, you know, the same player. Um, you know, the academy and you know players such as McTominay and Rashford. I mean, do you think the academy 
is as good as it's been or do you think it's declined in recent years um well i think it you know they've not won a youth cup in ages this is the first time they're in the final um, so yeah it, it has declined in recent years if you look at it you know chelsea are always up there at the top winning we've not won for a while and I'm not saying basing this on thing. Obviously, winning doesn't mean anything in the academy. It matters about the, the talent that you're bringing through, yeah. and you know our talent is coming through. Um, I know people aren't mad for Scott, but I think he's a great guy. Obviously, you know we had one of the best strikers in the country, not just Marcus. You know, obviously Mason. What what happened happened, and you know I, I know with a lot of people they don't want to see him again, and 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 I'm sort of of that opinion as well. Um, so yeah, for me, the talent is, is there, it's coming through, players still want to play, you know, we've got Charlie McNeil in, in the 18s, we've got, I'm not good at names, but the, the, it's, um, the Argentinian boy, G G oh yeah, Garnacho, Garnacho, we've got Hannibal, Shotiri, see, I'm not good at names, Shola, you know, so we have that talent there, and obviously there's a reason, um, I'd like to see a bit more brought through. And I think with, with um, I know we're going to go on to him, but Tenag, I think that's what he'll do because that's what he did at Ajax because, you know, he didn't have any money. But I feel like we need to 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 get, we need to get that structure. And I feel it needs to be based on the youth in a way. We need to be like, this is our style. These young players are going to fit in here. I'd have, I'd, you know, that's what we used to do in, this, in under Fergie. We used to have youth and they'd add in a bit of experience, add in like a keen, you know, um, adding um, uh, Robson and all that kind of stuff. I know, you know, but they they would come in. You know, Hughes come in, not maybe go through the through the talent yeah. through the pathway. It'd be like scores next to Keane, adding, but no, but was already was. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like yeah. that that talent was brought through regularly, and you'd add in quality players, but then you'd add in like a. A park or, or or a worker, and I just feel like Carrick. You know these players are underrated, and we've probably not got. I'd say Fred is the closest thing to that kind of now, but he was absolutely slated and ripped apart. And but he's a worker; he'll work hard. He, he fights, and I just feel like you know maybe I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know why. You know certain players are, are champion over others, but. You know, it is what it is, but we should we should appreciate those kind of underappreciated kind of guys as well. Yeah. As you know, star boy talents kind of thing. Yeah. You know, you need, you need workers too. Yeah, I mean, when when you list off the names that's currently in the academy, like uh, um, you know Hannibal Meji, uh, we forgot Anthony Langer as well, who seems to be yeah. a favourite under Raniak, um, and Shola and Zidanik Bal as well. He's an, he's another one that's coming through. I think he might be out on loan at the moment. Iqbal, I'm not sure. Um, on paper, all sound very very exciting players. Um, they need a manager who you know is going to bring that out of them, and you know Ten Hag is most likely going to be that guy. Look at the like, amazing work that he's done with the academy in Ajax. I mean, the production line that comes out of Ajax is absolutely insane. If you know he's getting the same quality from the Man United academy, um, I have no doubts that Ten Hag can you know unleash that um kind of quality in the team. Maybe in three four years, it's like you like you said there, Natalie. I don't think the team will be challenging over the next couple of years. I think it's all about a rebuild and some consistency. Um, but I think Ten Hag. I think he's from my own personal experience of like watching his football and watching the way he plays. I think he's a fantastic addition i think he's a better addition than potch would have been in all honesty even though potch does know the english game um so i think ten hag is 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 a good manager to bring in most likely gonna be the right guy if he gets the right back in um i mean what was your thoughts on the the appointment of ten hag yeah i'm the same as you i was a bit like i'd rather ten hag than potch and i know a lot of people were like i don't understand why because like you say potch knows the english league but i just feel like he has more of a, you know, like an understanding of what he wants to do, what he wants to play, of how his team, if you get what I mean. Like, I've, I've watched Potts recently um, versus, you know, Paris Saint-Germain just versus, you know, a, a team in, in in just a regular game kind of thing. And 
it is just like, oh, we'll pass it to Neymar and he'll do it. Oh, you know, there's no kind of plan or philosophy. Whereas the Ten Hag, you know, you know he brings through youth. You know he's got a set plan and a set style and that kind of thing. So, yeah, that's why I was more, you know, positive on Ten Hag. I mean, I'm not saying that Poch is it, you know, because a lot of people like Poch is a yes man and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, he, he's sort of being controlled. If I think, if I look at that Paris, it's sort of you do what we say kind of thing. And I feel like with maybe some of the players that we've got, they try and take advantage of that kind of thing. Whereas I feel like Ten Hag will definitely come in and be like, this is the way we're doing it. You fit into my style. There's no kind of um, alternative kind of thing. And, you know, if you want to work hard for me, we can we can do it together. And another reason why I think I sort of want, wanted Ten Hag over is that he's not, you know, we've had that Jose Mourinho, Lou Van Gaal kind of people, like big expectations on them. I feel like, Ten Hag, because he's maybe not as well known. There's still be expectations, don't get it twisted, but because he's not like Potch has come in and done it and because he got Spurs to a Champions League final, what can he do at Man United? I just feel like I want a guy who's just going to come in and just make his name here rather than being a big name and coming kind of thing. Yeah, and I, I definitely think he's got the ability as long as he gets the support. Um, I mean, one player who will be very, very happy to see Eric Tan Hag will be uh, Donny van der Beek. I mean, personal opinion of Donny van der Beek, I mean, he hasn't played much football for my United. He's been out on loan at Everton, but I think he might be injured now. I mean, do you think Donny's going to fit Ten Hag's style due to the relationship he had with Ajax? Do you think he'll be a mainstay? I think he'll definitely stay and they'll see sort of how he gets him playing. I mean, for me, Donny, I've been underwhelmed by him. Not just, you know, I know a lot of people said, oh, he's not playing, he's not playing. But for me, I think there's a reason why he's not playing. I just think maybe he's not lived up to expectations, maybe not adapted well enough to the Premier League. Obviously, even going to, to Everton, I think he maybe had like one man of the match performance and then not really seen him, him light up there either. I think, though, obviously, he's his guy. He was captain there kind of thing, and he was the main guy. So I do think he will um, keep him and he'll play him. And, you know, but I think they'll both have to adapt. You know, they both have to adapt. It would be different from the from the, um, the league. That they were, you know, different from when it was at Ajax. So, yeah, yeah you know, he's obviously struggled a bit, but... Maybe this season has done him good and he knows how hard he has to work and, well, he knows how hard um, Ten Hag will work him. But, yeah, um, I expect him to stay. I expect him to be a main player now kind of thing, you know. Um, and, yeah, I'm I'm happy because then if they build it up and build the people around him, he'll know what he, who he works best with kind of thing and what type of player um, and how to get the best out of him kind of thing. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy if that's what he wants. And yeah, like you said, we've got to do it the way he wants, not the way we think is best, kind of thing. Because when we've when we've done that, we'll end up where we are. You know, you've got to back your manager. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And as far as obviously, you know, the potential clear out goes, I mean, we heard Ranik mention that the other day in his press conference. He said there will be some players that won't be here next season. Um, who who do you think those players could be? Well, I think I think we all know like there's a lot of them out of contract, but as well, I think I mean he's saying up to ten, ten players in, but there's definitely ten players out. You know, Cavani, Pogba, Lingard. Um, I think Bailly could be out. Um, who else? Who else is out of contract? Well, they're saying that Henderson wanted to go, but I think he might stay now. Um, obviously, the same Ronaldo might go. Um, I don't, I don't know. You know, I think it's pretty much anyone. Anyone could go. We do know there's loads out, you know, Lee Grant out of contract, that kind of thing. Um, I don't think anyone will stay. You know, there's talk still that Pogba might... I don't, I don't think so. I think he's um, definitely out the door. Well, you never know. You never know. You can never say never. But I just think that he might not go because no one's going to pay what he, he wants kind of thing. Yeah. If if Ten Hag does say, you know, yes, I want Pogba to stay, and then he stays and he speaks to him, but I do think you'll probably have to see a different type of Pogba kind of thing. You know, you'd have to... That's been the problem in a way with him. He's not worked as hard as, as you know, his talent is, you know? Yeah. 
talent only gets you so far. Hard work gets you the rest of the way. And that's what I don't think we've seen um, from Pogba enough and his consistency as well um, from him. Maybe it's the managers chopping and changing, but yeah, we haven't seen him play in a number one style, but then we haven't seen him put in the performances all the time that, that makes him deserve a spot all the time. But yeah, it's going to be interesting. And I do think with a big exodus, though, it sounds really strange, but it would be good for Ten Hag because he's coming in sort of more with a, a blank canvas, whereas other managers have had to come in and there's been loads of different players from loads of different managers and then he wants to bring in his players. I feel like if this, the big if 10 players do leave, that's pretty much a whole team is leaving. Yeah, they're not all first-teamers, but you sort of can start afresh and this is my sort of blank canvas. And yeah. You know, do you want to stay? Do you want to go? And we're not going to force you to stay, but this is how I see you fitting in and that that kind of thing. You know, I'm I'm excited. Apparently, that's what he's going to do. He's going to have conversations with them and say, "What do you want to do? This is where I see you fitting in." And I just feel like this is the way I played. You, what do you think of that? I just feel like stuff like that probably hasn't gone on for a, a while at Man United, and I just feel like that's a proper way of doing it. Yeah. Do you want to stay? Yes. No. Let's let's move on then. And, you know, I feel like Man United now, they need to... If a player don't want to stay and the, or the manager don't want him, get them out the door. No matter, you know, get them out the door for... You know, I've seen something. Spurs are saying, doesn't matter. We know we're going to have to lose money on players. Just get them. They don't want to be here. Let them go. Instead of making them wait a year to the... For what reason? Just get them out for as much as you can. And, you know, if someone would have paid more next year, it doesn't matter. Just get him out, you know. Yeah, cut your losses. And, you know, speaking of Ooh. cutting your losses, Pogba, yeah, he's going to be leaving on a free. Jesse Lingard leaving on a free. Um, firstly, in regards to Lingard, obviously his brother went on Instagram and said, um, well, pretty much kicked off that he didn't kind of, you know, get the respect he deserves in the final game at Old Trafford this season. I mean, when you saw that and obviously saw that Lingard didn't, you know, play a part in that game, I mean, how did that make you feel? Like, as a Man United fan, how did you feel about that considering he's been with the club for so long? Yeah, it's not nice to see. Yeah, you want to see everyone get a proper send-off. Like you say, there's that little picture of like Lingard kicking a ball at like five or something. And, you know, of course, he's been here so long, but I just feel like it was really annoying seeing him tweet about West Ham and all this and tweeting iron stuff during the season. We had games on, he was tweeting this stuff, you know, games after we've probably not done the best that we can do. So, you know, a lot of people saying he was the leak, he's the one leaking all the negative stuff. I do feel like it's a bit of both. He's sort of let, you know, his actions, maybe being the league, doing all these kind of things, tweeting about different clubs, you know, trying to push for Newcastle. I know he wanted to go, but, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't bothered then, was he? You know what I mean? He was just trying to get out the door as quickly as possible on deadline day. So, are you that bothered? Or I just think a lot of this could have been avoided as well. You know, United, he should have just, he had that loan. Thanks for everything. Sold, you know. I'm. I was. I was the most shocked person when I found out he's coming back. And thought, coming back for what? You know, coming back for what? I just. For me, he went to West Ham. He did really well there, and I think West Ham are doing great. I think Moyes is doing great, but I think that was his level kind of thing. And God, yeah, they're doing better than us. So that I don't mean it in a disrespectful way, but I feel like the pressure at Man United is so much more than than anything at West Ham. So. You know, I feel like he was doing well there and, you know, whatever West Ham did, whether it's getting to Europa League, that kind of thing. And, and I know, listen, so we've been, but we want to be at Champions League. We're not happy being in Europa League finals, if you get what I mean. So I do think, you know, he, he, he would have done well at West Ham. And, you know, I think everyone last season would have been like, fair play, well done, Jesse. He would have got all that fanfare and love and everything that you want. Now it's just sort of like you're moaning. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Caused it, caused it yourself, if you get what I mean. Yeah, no, I'm, I, I get I that. I just want to say that. as well, Gary, I feel, I mean, I really don't think it should have happened. The Pogba booing and telling him to F off. I get it. Listen, I'm not Pogba's biggest fan. Martial as well, I'm not his biggest fan. But I just feel like it is turning all sour. And it's just, it's a shame. Because, yeah, them boys have been Pogba and they've, Jesse, you know, they were they were RTC boys and all that kind of thing. And they won Youth Cup. They're the last ones to win it. And so I do think, you know, yeah, 
a bit of respect to them, but at the same time, I do think they've both sort of brought it on themselves. But then I think the club haven't helped. So it's just like, I just think this is the, the low point where we're at kind of thing. You know, when I said before, we're at the bottom and it's about starting again and, and being a football club again. And it's sad that it's come to this, but that's how it actually feels as a Man United fan. Yeah, no, I mean, you mentioned Martial there. I'm not going to lie, I totally forgot he was out on loan at Sevilla. I thought he'd run yes, permanently. Yeah. Um, I mean, Pogba is an interesting one. I mean, for me, Pogba starts the season well for the first five or six games. Then he decides whether or not he wants a new contract. Then he decides whether or not he wants to stay. And then he's like, yeah, I do want to stay. Actually, no, wait, I don't. It's like it's like he just, you know, he's flavour of the week. And does he yeah. fancy it or does he not fancy it? Is he up for the fight? Is he not up for the fight? And like... It's insane to think like he's gonna like he was eighty million pounds I think and he's gonna be leaving again on a free transfer at the end of the season unless he signs a new contract. Most likely not gonna be looking like this. But it's just absolutely crazy. Absolutely crazy. Um obviously, you know, the future is Eric Ten Hag. Um if you were kinda of set out a you know, a, a three to four year blueprint for the team, where do you see where do you see that going? I think first year, get the players out that don't want to play for us. Like I said, just cut your losses, get them out. Um, a lot of them are going for free, but if they're not on a free, just get them out. Yeah. Getting some players that want to be here, that, you know, have passion for the club. I know that's a lot of people, you know, might say, oh, but they've got no talent, but they've got passion for the club. And I think we've seen recently that a lot of our players on the pitch haven't really got that. Um, so I know that sounds very basic and people might not like me saying it, but I just want people to play with passion, you know, yeah. or or he needs to instil that back into the players, you know. I'd like to see some youth players definitely called up um, and giving a bit more game time next season, uh, whether that's Hannibal, Shakitiri, uh, Shola, um, I can't remember his name, I can't say it again, the Argentinian boy, you know, whether, whether it's um, them, I don't know. Like I say, Alanga playing more, I'd like to see him get the best out of Rashford again. Sancho getting the best out of him. Um, and then like one or two, you know, it'd probably be one or two, but then a, a couple of superstars, not like big, big names, Ronaldo, but just a couple of, you know, like a Chikorito. You know, yeah. there's an Anthony who plays for... for, for Ajax. Ajax now. Great someone player. like that who's not really... Well, he's a bit known, Anthony. But, you know, someone who's not a 50, 100... 50 million pound player you know I, I quite like rice but i ain't paying no 150 i know i'm not even paying it but, you know i'd rather just get someone who's like 20 30 million and he might be a bit unknown or we don't know about him or whatever and just come in with passion and play um so i do think that build up your foundation get the boys playing the way you want to you know you want to play um like i say build up consistency I think under every manager, we did see a little style of how they wanted to play, but they couldn't play that all the time. I feel like year end of year one to year two, I want to see that consistency. Maybe first year, if we finish the Champions League, great. If we finish in Europa League, that's 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 probably the most realistic, maybe finishing Europa League. I'd love to finish in Champions League. I'd love to go and win an FA Cup, but you know, maybe having a good cup run or something like that, but... For me, maybe finishing fifth or sixth, you know, I don't know, something like that. I'm just trying to be a bit realistic. Second year, definitely finishing in Champions League, spots fourth. Um, like I say, maybe win a cup. Second year, I don't know. Third year, third, fourth years. And again, just that consistency all throughout. And by then, I want us to, you know, see the style, definitely, and like be more consistent. Third, fourth years, I'd like to... To be a bit, bit more up there, might not be challenging, but it might be third, you know, third, fourth, securing that third, fourth, and then maybe fifth year challenge for the title, win it. I don't know, you know, something like that. But just do it all slowly. So slowly build it up, adding quality year by year, bringing through youth year by year. You know, as long as I can see the way he wants to play and I can see it becoming consistent and then I can see the boys knowing how they want to play and then definitely never lose that passion because. I don't know what's happened. Um, if you start getting people trying to throw people out, throw people under the bus, then they can they can go too, you know? So I feel like we've seen that a bit with um, these now, what happened with Ali, they all sort of down tools. I don't understand. If you want to down tools, you can you can be the first one out kind of thing. Um, but yeah, that, that's the kind of thing. I want to see us back the manager, 
um, add more football people, add more scouts, add more coaches, add more. I don't, I don't, I don't know what you know. Directors of football, add another. You know, these kind of things are important. Putting, you know, Joel Glazer and Fergie in the same kind of voting room. You know, that that kind of stuff is important. You know, I mean, they were talking about the fans are supposed to get a fan share scheme and all that kind of stuff. It's important. You know, not just what happens on the pitch, what happens off it, what happens to yeah. the fans and all that kind of stuff. Improving facilities, improving the stadium. Um, yeah, all that, all around the stadium, not just inside and, you know, more car park. I just, you know, things like this are important. Making experience good for everyone, you know. It used to be, well, it still is magical, but now it's sort of old and, and rusting and leaking and all that kind of stuff change it freshen it up you know more than a bit of pain put money into it your own money but yeah yeah and you mentioned dreaming, the name. dreaming now aren't we <laughs> uh, you mentioned the name glazer there so obviously you know the glazers have came under under fire a lot for the way they're, they're managing the club owning the club for, for quite a while and as a Sunderland fan i i know exactly what it's like to have terrible ownership or ownership that infuriates you i mean what like your own personal thoughts on on the glazer family do you think they should be selling up um is that your honest opinion i mean do you think they should be going yeah 100 there's no doubt in my mind they should be going i think they've taken a lot of money they've taken you know in dividends they paid about 100 million every year kind of levels and I know like they still put in a lot of money and I mean I even had a, not an argument but a little discussion with a, with a Sunderland fan and they said try having our own owners and I get it yeah I'm not saying that we've not got money or we've not got this but I just think if you look at the grand scheme of things the way they neglected the stadium the way they neglected the training facilities the way they neglected our academy the way they neglected football structure all they're bothered about is getting the most money. And yeah, everything's rocketed up in terms of commercial and they're taking money so they can probably put more money into transfers. But commercial only gets you so far because if you're not winning, if you've not got a right structure, if you've not got the right facilities, then all that commercial money is just going to start going like that. And then now you're seeing like City and Liverpool overtake us again. It's just, I'm not saying that oh, we base our success on commercial, but you know, Man United used to be up there as the best and the the biggest now it's just sort of a laughing stock kind of thing and you know Lou Van Gaal is calling us commercial FC because that's what we are we're just bothered about what sponsorship we can get so yeah definitely like to see him go I mean I forgot his name but there's a guy who's just bidded for Chelsea and he said he was a United fan and he bidded 4.5 billion and for me I think if he bidded five he said Man United aren't for sale but I think if you if you put five billion down to the Glazers and said walk, and I think they would, you know, I just maybe they're looking for more. But I'm thinking you ain't gonna get more because look how how much needs to get done. You've got five hundred million pound debt. You got a you got a stadium that's falling down. You got a training facility that's out of date. You got a squad that don't even want to be here. You know, it's gonna take more money in the long run to get more money out of it. So just get up, pack your bags. Take your five billion, get lost, and let this guy come in who says he's going to buy Chelsea. And he's saying, "Oh, it's about you know putting money in, investing in all aspects of the club." You know that's the kind of talk that I want to hear. Our, our owners make. But I think they came in after the Super League, did one little talk, and and that's it, kind of thing. Oh, we're going to do it, and we're still there sitting there waiting. And you know, look at them. They were the one of the key, along with Real Madrid, are behind that Super League, and it just. It knocks you sick, isn't it, really? I mean, that's why we've seen Gary Neville so passionate against it. He wasn't as passionate, but he realised these people, they're trying to ruin Man United, they've ruined Man United and now they're trying to ruin English football. I don't think that this Super League thing is dead. I don't think it's dead until they get everything in. I don't I think that it's just waiting until yeah. something else comes up. So And they'll be behind that as well. So, for me... You know, it's time. Take your five billion. If if there's this guy, like I said, I can't remember his name. He went into buy Chelsea. He did an interview the other day. Oh, I know um, who you're on about. Yeah. Yeah. Did the same for United. Just go. You know, whether that's a little thing, and he wants United, and he's just showing them. Listen, this is how much money I've got. 
Well, if I was the Glazers, that's what I would do because at the end of the day, like I said, look at everything around you. It's going to take more than, you know, if you want 10 billion or say, you're going to have to put in a couple of billion yourself or lumber more debt on it, which I don't want more debt on my club. Because um, I think once you put, start putting more debt, even though we, we make loads, I just think the, 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 the road, you know, the road to ruin is through debt. So there's no point in putting more debt on it. But that's what they're saying. They're going to, do the stadium up and then put more debt. And it's just like, Resident you're not watching. even paying off the debt or you bought it with me. So why are you going to put more debt on it? And I just feel like there's no point in just leave the stadium and go. <laughs> yeah, absolutely no logic. I mean, you mentioned there the European Super League and I mentioned it earlier on. As a fan of football, as a fan of Manchester United, that Manchester United, your team, were going to be a team in the European Super League. As a fan, how did you feel when that announcement came out? Sick, sick, um, sick, but not surprised. Yeah. Surprised more that everyone was sort of behind it and they were doing it. And I thought it was a joke at first. I did really think it was a joke. I did. I just thought, are you for real? I, I, I just, yeah, sick because I knew when I first heard it, I just knew it was my club. And I thought, why? Wow, how have my club managed this foolishness? That's how I thought. <laughs> and I thought, like Gary Neville, how have you managed to come in and just try and do this? Who do you think you are? Um, but we know that that's what they're about because they have the the, the team, the, the American football team, that's what they sort of do. They have that kind of thing, no promotion, no relegation. You know, you're based on your name. We're seeing now with UEFA, they've brought in this thing where, well, that's apparently going to get thrown out as well. You know, legacy teams and all this kind of rubbish. And I just thought, you know, and I just thought as well, when, when they were talking about, oh, these old fans, they're not nothing. And these new Super League fans, that's who we need to... And I just thought, are you okay? What is wrong with you? You know, I just made me feel sick because it's embarrassing, you know, because I have to sort of... I sat on a podcast, I think, with a Leicester fan, a West Ham fan, and, you know, when it when it was actually happening, and I just... I said to them, listen, I'm sorry. I'm having to apologise, and they're like, it's not you, but that's how it feels. It feels like... You know, my club is trying to ruin English football, so I have to apologise to people like yourself. You're a Sunderland fan. And I was like, we need to get kicked out of the Premier League because there needs to be some kind of real consequences. And I don't think there's been any real consequences to any of those clubs, really. So that's why I'm worried that it's going to come back up because they know that there's no consequences just able to walk back in like, oh, I'm sorry, you know, no consequences. So to me, I feel like they're planning something else. Yeah, the the yeah. FA seems to be very soft when it comes to consequence. I mean, you look at a sport such as, let's say, tennis, and, you know, if a player is, you know, found, you know, that they've used a banned substance or a substance which they don't believe to be banned, they're banned regardless. Um, You know, Novak Djokovic was not allowed in Australia because of, you know, he didn't have his COVID certification. Um, Tennis seems to be a lot more brutal and a lot more kick ass than you know the premier league and the fa seem to be and i feel like sometimes you know the fa need to kind of take take note of that and you know i remember years ago the italian league um there was people found guilty of match fixing and i think one of the teams was palmer and they went absolutely the bottom of the league or it might have been because of administration but that's the kind of brutality that you you know you kind of need for someone who's going to dis- discredit and disrespect the league that we've all grown up watching in my opinion anyway no i'm I'm totally i'm totally behind that i do think that it was too soft and too nice and i feel like they all all clubs should have been thrown out put to the bottom and then said well good luck start again you know yeah good luck because i I was an advocate of that because even though it's my club and it would have hurt me i feel like these people need to be hurt to, to 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 sort of get out kind of thing you know um, but yeah, uh, I just it's it's embarrassing, really, as as a Man United fan, that knowing that it was my well, I mean, it was every club. I don't want to say it's just Man United. Yeah, yeah you know, people City go, oh, but ah, oh, no, it was every, they did it, and I just feel like this. There's this faux kind of thing. Oh, Avram loves Chelsea. This one loves City. They don't love anything. They just love money. Um, I think we're sort of seeing it now. With well, I don't, you know, this this. Chelsea and he might be calling in his loan. I know that they've said that that's not right, but you know they don't love 
Chelsea. They love money, you know. They don't love City. They love money and just City was the easy way to get money. Chelsea was the easy way to get money kind of thing. And I feel like, well, a lot of it came of it was that independent regulator and I think giving fans the voice because the fans are the ones who love the club. Owners don't love, they love, like I say, they love money, especially Premier League owners. They love money. So I feel like fans need to have a say so that stuff like that doesn't happen again. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. I mean, myself and I, well, when I first came around, we put out a very passionate podcast about, like, obviously the disrespect that was shown to not just the Premier League, but Serie A, La Liga, um, Bundesliga, if Bayern were to join it, but I don't think Bayern were going to join it, um, which, you know, it is so, so disrespectful. And you mentioned Man City there, who got beat off Real Madrid last night as a Man United fan. How did you feel about that? Yeah, man, it was so good. I loved it. I just think, yeah. They bottled it again. Um, well, they did, didn't they? They bottled it. They're a great team. They're probably going to go and win the league. I hope they do. I don't want Liverpool to win the league. But it felt good, you know. Now it's not a Liverpool um, City final. I can be like, hello, Madrid, come on. <laughs> you know, I can cheer for someone. Um, but yeah, I just think, I just, I can't believe it, honestly. I just, I just don't understand how they keep doing this. I mean, look at Man United. Look, they they kept they kept losing semi-finals. So it's the same thing. Um, I feel like something. I don't know. I just feel like it's a mental thing. I mean, I saw a tweet and it said every time they lose, it's always like one or two goals in quick succession and that kind of thing. And it, it, to to concede like that is a mental thing, you know. Yeah. To concede all them goals like that. Such quick succession. Yes, they were great goals and all that kind of stuff. But it's like one. It went one, uh, one, and they could have held it out, but they just capitulated and you know they saw it coming again, and that was it. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I thought Real Madrid just took them apart in five minutes. Um, mm. And, you know, th- that's what a team with the determination and the class of Madrid can do. They can play terrible football for 80 minutes, but it only takes five minutes to absolutely rip you apart and demolish you, which is kind of what happened. They brought on Rodrigo, and he was absolutely fantastic. Their front line is just as good on paper as, you know, Liverpool's is, for example, or even Man City's. Um, but, yeah, we've got a Real Madrid-Liverpool final, so you'll, you'll be rooting for Madrid for that one then? Yes, hello Madrid. Come on, Madrid. Uh, I think Madrid will win. I think I think we'll take it. Um, but we'll we'll move on from the men's game to to the women's game because you you're quite the yeah. avid fan of the the women's game, a big follower of it. Um, I'm gonna hold my hands up. I don't know much about the women's game. That's Ant's thing. Um, he's the he's the knowledge behind the the WSL. So as far as my United ladies go, um, like how are they getting on in the league at the moment? I mean, what what's the future holding? Well, for Man United women, um, it's the same, really, as Man City men. They get, they get to a point where they need to win games to get into the Champions League and they just struggle. So that's why I say I think it's a mental thing in in that respect. Um, but in terms of like the whole Super League and just how I got into women's football, I only started watching in 2018 when the, when the women's was reformed, when they started again. Um you know, they did really well. They won the championship. They came straight up into the WSL. The WSL year, they finished fourth, but it was cut short because of COVID. Last year, they did really well as well. They, they were top of the league at point. Um, and like I said, then it got into the crunch and they ended up finishing fourth, which was outside the Champions League. This year, we we're in fourth again with one game to go. City have got one point, I think, ahead of us kind of thing. You know, the top three in the in the league have been the top three for ages. We've only been a team for four years. So it is kind of a success how we've come from the second division straight up to the top and we're right in there in the mix. So, you know, there's there's other teams, Leicester, who struggled and they only just survived, you know, relegation. And Leicester, they were big, you know, women's football, they've got the money of the men's side that can back them and they have done. But as, in terms of the women's side, they had Casey Stoney as the manager starting off. And then the Glazers, um, what happened with Super League, it really basically exposed what, what was going on with the women's team. They didn't have the right facilities. Um, they were treating them badly. I think COVID sort of onset a lot of this, but 
you know, it sort of led to our downfall last season. Uh, she ended up leaving. She was our first ever manager. She ended up leaving. She's gone to America, got a team out there. But we've got a new guy. I do really rate him, though. I feel like it's going to be a big summer for the women. I feel like they're going to get about six, seven players in. Um, and then I think just, yeah, push on. Um, this guy, uh, he's called Mark Skinner, is our manager now. He's just come in, sort of held it, you know, sort of put us where we are, stabilised us. Now I think he's going to bring in a lot of his players. And for me, the women need to push on. And just like the men, they need to back him. They need to, to, to if the manager says, I want this, like we're saying about Ten Hag, I want this, I want that. Put more coaches into the women, put more better facilities, better stadium, better scouting, all this kind of stuff needs to be the same in a way. I mean, if we're seeing women's football grow, you're seeing it on the telly all the time. We need, you know, it's, there's going to be Euros in England that summer. There's going to be, you know, so that it's, it's, it's growing. You know, you turn on the telly and you see women's football like you see men. So there's always going to be one or two that are like, oh, it's rubbish and all this kind of thing. Listen, if you don't like it, it's fine, but people like it. Let them just watch it. That's what I don't understand. There's a lot of people then will like chase after people if the you know if, if a guy wants to watch women's football let him watch it if he's not you know causing anyone harm if he wants to take his daughter if mums want to go with their daughters if mothers want to go with their sons kind of thing that's the kind of vibe it is it is it's, it's very family it's a very big community i do really enjoy it in a way different from old trafford because it feels kind of toxic sometimes at old trafford whereas it feels very positive all the time at, at the women um so, yeah, any United fan listening, definitely come and watch the women if you can. They play at Lee. Um, they're going to actually be down in London in the last game. Kings Meadow, Chelsea can win the title. So, I hope we beat them and they don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, it is like that. And anyone, and you know, Sunderland women are doing quite well as well, Gary. I know that. So, they, they've been promoted to the second division last year and then they've held their own there. So, you know, I feel like every team now has a women's team and, Definitely just try and check them out. Like I say, it's just a different vibe from your men's side. And I love the passion in the men's side. And I do have that same passion for the women. But it's just more like love and support and appreciation. And, you know, when, when the men have been doing bad and you feel like they don't care about the club and they're not really running and stuff, you will never find that. I've never seen a women's game and they've ever done that because they appreciate that you're taking your time out to come and watch them and cheer and clap and do that kind of thing so i do feel like just with the the levels that they're at they do appreciate people coming so anyone who watches women's football you know shout out to them and and definitely watch more more of it support your team yeah no i i agree with it i mean since you know wsl got a contract on sky um it's, it's really you know give it a platform to you know further stand out but much like you just said there about like if, if you like it you don't if you don't you don't fair enough i mean but it's everyone's game anyone can watch it um what i found find really like strange about you know um the male female aspect is we've got female golf so we've got the lgpt uh, the l I can't even pronounce it. I'm not going to say it. Um, but you've got, you know, you've got the female basketball game out there and you've got the female tennis game out there. So, for example, I, I quite like watching, you know, um, the women's tennis because I think there's some really good players out there at the moment. I don't understand why, you know, basketball, golf and tennis, especially, um, you know, there's, there's no criticism for that whatsoever, which is fantastic because it's in everyone's game. But why does it have? To, why does there have to be some something said or criticism for the female game? You know, anyone can watch it. I don't want to yeah. see why there's this can be backlash around it. Yeah, I mean, when we watch the Olympics, we're all cheering for like Jess Ennis and yeah. all these kind of people, Katrina Johnson Thompson. We want them to win and Super Sunday, and then Mo Farah wins, and it's all one. It's all Great Britain. So, yeah, I don't understand why there's this thing where it's not all Man United. You know, if Man United go and win a trophy, women's, it's Man United won a trophy and we should be happy. Um, you know, like you say, no one's saying, forcing you to go down and watch them every week. But like you say, just let people watch it. If they enjoy it, I enjoy it a lot. Yeah. Now, like, it feels more community to me. I do really like it. But yeah, I've had my criticism. Oh, I'm selling out. I'm doing this. Who do I think I am? And I just think I think I'm no one. I'm just doing what I enjoy. And 
you know, a lot of people have been supportive and I do see a lot of supportive comments, especially when the women are doing well. They put them in Old Trafford. There was a lot of support for that. But yeah, I just, I don't know. I feel like there's this, this aura of it's a man's game. It's this, you know, even we saw in the Euros, the way that Rashford, Sancho and Saka got abused and they're not really English and all that kind of stuff. I do feel like football, sometimes it brings out the worst. It's the best when you're together and you're all watching it, but then it can bring out like, the worst in society and that's why you see a lot of sexism misogyny and racism homophobia whereas all that kind of stuff it's very like inclusive in the women's game you know there's a lot of uh bisexual um there's transgender players that play in canada you know there's a lot of that and i do feel like that's why the women because you know there probably is gay players in the premier league let's not you know let's not beat around the bush but then a lot of them are probably too scared to come out because of what will happen yeah, and it's it's sad. It's sad to be honest. Everyone should be able to be who they are, um, without any kind of worry or repercussion. And you know, in the women's game, that's just how it is. If you like this team, you go and watch it, and and you you have fun and go home, kind of thing. Whereas the men's team, it's it's all this. You're not top. You're not this. Who, who and I think who, who are you to judge me? You don't know me, but yeah that's that yeah and i've got to say like i absolutely hate it when you hear that kind of stuff as well because you never get that in uh, tennis you know you've got some fantastic team female tennis players out there um like swiatek and then you've got on the other side of the men's you've got you know uh, Djokovic, nadal all that you never ever hear anything in a sport like tennis where it's you know like um like sexism t- towards the female side or even potentially the male side it's always it always comes back to the the football aspect it, and I, I just i don't like it i don't get why it should be like that and it only ever happens in football from from what you notice or at least it happens more commonly in football which i just think is a disgrace it's an everyone everyone can play football everyone can watch football there should be no kind of stereotype and like you said there about um canada having you know transgender players um josh carvalho came out um as as gay um i don't see why they should kind of you know be abused for their life choices in my honest opinion yeah but i mean we're just even i mean you're saying about life choices obviously if they this guy comes out as gay it is what it is but even like now we're seeing a lot of people criticize marcus rashford for going and being political and and you know it wasn't even political but you know feed the kids and i just feel like that's what it is footballers are put on such a high pedestal that every movement they make is judged i mean i saw an article um when city lost the the Carabao, I know I'm sort of going off topic, but Phil Foden went out with his family to, to go shopping at Waitrose, yeah? Just a shop. He needed some food and he got criticised. And I'm thinking, are you for real? <laughs> you know, I just feel like he's a footballer, yeah, but he has a life. He has to go and buy food. He has to go and do these kind of things. You know, if anything, it would have been worse if it's he paid a butler to go, you know what I'm kind of saying? You know, the guy went out for shopping and he got criticised. And I just think... That's the way it is, and I feel like soon we feel like we own them, you know? We don't own no one, and, you know, just because you pay your money to, to, to go into the stands doesn't mean you can, you know, you own that player or this and that. Yes, you want them to put in the effort. Yes, you want to see commitment, but you can see commitment from whether if they're straight or gay or whatever, you know, it doesn't matter. You'll still see the same footballer. Oh, it's just it's a shame that that's where we're at in society and football like i says it brings out the worst really it's a shame that because i love it love this sport like you say you don't see it anywhere else but i don't want to watch tennis and all that i love football yeah and yeah there shouldn't be any everyone everyone's game not just whoever you know white males or kind of thing you know white straight males game it's everyone's game yeah, definitely. Everyone's game, like you say. Um, so what we'll do is we'll, we'll finish off the pod. Um, I'm going to ask you some questions about Man United. Um, just like, you know, like favourite players, past and present, yeah. like uh, what you're excited about, you know, all that sort of stuff going forward. It can be from the male end and it can be from the female end, whatever you'd like. All right. So yeah. first and foremost, favourite Man United player from the past? I, I mean, he's, he's here now, Ronaldo. But yeah, from the past, um, but like, I probably say you know I used I did love Shamaiko. 
Yes, Michael. He was absolutely like fantastic. He was, you know, the first line of defence kind of thing. First line of attack in a way. You know, when we used to start games and that kind of thing, and you'd always have have us. Um, so yeah, I'd say Shemichael. Favorite um, prospect, so up and comer, male or female. There's a. I'm gonna like shock some people now. There's a kid, and I do watch the women's thing. So there's a kid called Kira Barry, and for me. She's 17 years old. No, she's 16, actually, coming up to 17. And I think that she's going to play for England one day, England Lionesses. So, definitely, she's playing currently for the under-17s. Um, she's playing in our 21 squad. She scored two goals the other day, um, and they won the league. So, that's a, that's a name for anyone who watches women's football or sort of follows the Lionesses. That's a name to, to keep keep an eye on. Class, class. And your current favourite player? I say, um, listen, yeah, people are going to say this and that, and I'm part of the problem, but Cristiano Ronaldo. Cristiano Ronaldo is my favourite player. I absolutely adore him. From when I was 12 years old and he joined us and he was doing all the stepovers to now, actually, he's bailing us out. Whether he's the problem or not, I don't care. I love him. I think he's great. Um, He's the GOAT for me. He's doing it, you know. He's up there as top goal scorer next to, to, to Manny and up next to Salah and Son. And he's bloody 30, 37, you know. He is an absolute, like, there's, you know, if we had better players around him, I mean, God, think about what he could have done at the Bernabeu if they had signed him. So I think there's the fact that they didn't sign him and we probably stopped them from winning the Champions League for it. And he's Man United. It would have paid me if he went. I was so happy when he came. You know, I get it, sort of, like, because a lot of players lost their, you know, for oh, I want to stay and all that kind of shit. But, it, you know, that's more on them than him. He's done his job. Um, and, I'm, yeah, he's my favourite player. Yeah, and I think we could be here all night and probably was all day tomorrow if we're trying to figure out why people have, well, why there's a potential problem with Ronaldo. Because for me, yeah. you know, his goals have put you where you are in the league because you could be yeah. in a lot worse position without Cristiano, in yeah. my honest opinion. Um, yeah. But we could be here all day and all week trying to talk <laughs> yeah. about that. Um, Favourite manager? I think I probably know the answer to that. <laughs> yeah, Fergie. Fergie. Yeah. Oh, he, he, oh, my God, if he was in there now, he would have... Oh, just it just wouldn't have been good. I'd, I'd I'd love for him to just come back and just kick 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 a few of them, you know. <laughs> Definitely, definitely. I think we all love Fergie. And, and you know what? I even like still seeing him in the stands at the games and stuff because it just shows he still cares about the club. Um, who would you say is your most frustrating player where you watch him or her and you're just like, what are you doing? Um, Maguire. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just, I think he was okay last season. And I think even when you think back to it, we didn't have Maguire. And then... Um, you know, it was kind of troubling, you know, that was, that was that point when we thought it wasn't going to make the final and saw that and we were worried and all that and we had to rush him back. Um, so he was, he did do well, you know, under Oli last year, but I mean, I was at that 5-0 that when we got battered by Liverpool and I just think, come on, like, and I just think as well, even that Spurs one um, in the thing and he was shouting at Rashford and I'm thinking, well, what are you doing? And I'm thinking... It's not that he's a bad player. I just think that he's not the captain. If you get what I mean, like, I just think he's, you know, you want your captain to be calm, composed, assured, demand. And I just feel like he's not the guy to, to think. And this is why he's getting the most stick because he's a, he's a good, he's all right player, but he's not Man United captain. And I feel like when you come to Man United, there's already that pressure. I think when you're the captain, you get. 10 times that so I just feel like he can't live up to it and you know it's told that he's going to get removed or they're going to get someone to pick I just think Cristiano Ronaldo is, is more a captain than him they haven't really given it Cristiano whether they will or not I don't know but I just don't think it should be Maguire anymore whether that's a, a, a right or wrong answer okay fair one and what we'll do is I'll we'll finish lastly on your pick of a five-a-side Man United team male and female Oh, I can well, mix it up. Mix right? it up, yeah, mix it up. De Gea in there. I'd go, well, 
I won't go any more centre back for the men. Millie Turner, who's at uh, England International, um, well on the verge of it for the for the women centre back. Um, Bruno for the men. I'd say Leah Galton, she's from the women, and she's like a pacey winger, left winger. Um, but she can play on pretty much either wing. It's just quick. Um, you know, so she'll be running up and down, that kind of thing. You know, like a Ryan Giggs kind of style. So there. And then, obviously, the GOAT, the GOAT man, CR7, CR banging the goals, you know. She'll be whipping in balls, Bruno, or dinking them. <laughs> and um, he'll just be banging them in. So, yeah, that, that's that's the... Five, yeah. Yeah, that, that yeah. was your five. Yeah, that was your five. Fair, fair. I mean, I, I, I mean, I've realised now that you know I said yeah we'd do probably forty minute record and now it's been one hour and five minutes. So um, no it's just been really good, obviously talking with you, Natalie, about Man United, about the state of you know the the the, the game, um, state of you know Man United at the moment as well, um. I'm going to let you shoot off as well. I just obviously want yeah. to give you a shout out as well for your, your, your podcast, Only One United as well. Definitely get over and check it out. Um, it's definitely a podcast I'll definitely be listening to tomorrow when I'm at work because that's generally what I, I do. I catch up on other people's content. But Natalie, just want to obviously thank you as well for, for joining us tonight. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me on. And, you know, it's been really good. Oh, definitely. I've really enjoyed the chat. And obviously, you can check our podcast out on everywhere where you get your podcast platforms. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. But thank you and good night. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.